This is The Meek Informant, your content source for Legend of the Five Rings, published by Fantasy Flight Games. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to The Meek Informant, your podcast for the meek and uninformed. I'm Eric, running solo tonight, and I just wanted to, before we get into our main episode here, which is going to be a fun treat for everyone involved, I hope, uh, wanted to thank our patrons, including uh, Maddie from Luxury Playstyle, who make awesome metal tokens for the game, um, for, for L5R and for other games as well. Uh, if you have any interest in those, go check out luxplay.com and use Lux Informant, L-U-X Informant for 15% off your purchase. Also, I wanted to thank Midgard Comics and Games for being a sponsor of the show and for having a great place for us to go play this awesome game that we love to talk about in our spare time too much. With that said, I want to introduce tonight's guests. We have the Ort Giesens. I'm sorry if I say that with, with, a, with, a, weird, with a weird kind of way of saying it. No, that was actually pretty accurate. It's yeah, a fun. A plus. It's such a fun, fun name. So we have Ray and Lauren Ortgeeson. Welcome, guys. Hey. Um. So let's see. Ray, I Ray, Ray and Lauren are part of the the local meta here in New England. Um, Ray, we've kind of talked about and, and involved in some of our videos online before. He's got a YouTube channel uh, and a Twitch stream. Dice or death, right? Yeah, dice or death plays on online do you still play on fridays like regularly or is uh, it kind of... so well i haven't been because we've been moving into a new house um but that's basically all going to be sorted by the end of this week so i'm going to be back this friday and i'm going to be doing regular uh, streams again so better back, than ever back and better than ever yep. uh sweet and lauren uh who is famous for her awesome unicorn slash crab costumes at the local uh, tournaments that we play. I I love making it to any tournament where Lauren's at because I know that I'm going to feel bad for not having put some thought into some sort of a costume uh, like she did. Of course. Um, Yeah. So Ray and Lauren, you guys recently went to Gen Con, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, it was pretty awesome. I feel like I'm only just now recovering from how exhausted I was when I got back. Yeah, it was our first big tournament, so that was pretty exciting. So the the Grand Cote, right? Yes, the grandest. Yeah, yeah we awesome. did the Grand Cote, and we also did um, a skirmish pod on the day before. Nice. Yeah. So I want to talk about your experience at Gen Con and, and all that stuff, but first I want to just ask you guys about like so something that is a bit of a mystery to a lot of gamers i think in general um and you know people will be jealous i think there will be people who are jealous listening to this podcast uh (laughs) your husband and wife team who play l5r together how did you make that happen uh the two of you like how did you guys start playing um well okay so i mean we're both gamers gamers right and like there's some there's always been like some overlap in what we play um i found out about l5r through i've always kind of heard of it just from like being in game stores and the game has existed so long 
Um, but I didn't care about it until the re-release. And a buddy of mine was like, oh, hey, uh, they're, they're re-releasing this card game. Uh, it's going to be like this new living card game model. And I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. So I, I learned about the game and how the, the system works. You just buy the cards and you get the cards. And I was like, that sounds awesome. I'm too old to be chasing rares and magic cards, basically. Um, so were you a magic player before this? I played magic casually, but I never got into it like at a competitive level, basically because of the money thing. It's like it's just too insane to try and keep up with like standard decks. Right. You always feel like you're five steps behind. Yeah, that that sounds pretty bad. Did you guys Um, uh, either of you know about like Netrunner or any other like LCGs before before L5R? No, we actually uh, found out about Netrunner after L5R and bought pretty much you know, the entire game and all the expansions, like what, a week before they decided it wasn't going to be a thing anymore. So, nice. yeah, I, I had the um, the revised core set literally in the mail when I read the blog post that they were canceling the game. <laughs> yeah, we, we have good timing like that. <laughs> That's so rough. I actually sold some cards uh, for, to, to Ray for, for to, to both of you, I guess. Yeah, that's right. It was one of the deluxe expansions I was missing. Right. We were scrambling once we figured out we wouldn't be able to buy them in stores. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, part of the reason why I'm able, why we, you know, how we started the podcast is Netrunner's exit. It's it's dying breaths funded. The the rising of the ashes of the phoenix, <laughs> which is the meek informant. Uh, but yeah, with L5R, um, we got into it when it was just the core set. And uh, Ray put together two decks. He put together a phoenix deck and a scorpion deck and just sort of said you know which one do you want to play what makes the most sense to you and i said i would go with scorpion so uh we started playing just as core scorpion and core phoenix uh nice. which was brutal yeah for ray for uh, me yeah yeah he spent <laughs> a long time thinking he was very bad at the game um well, well. Uh, and to be to be fair, we were both very bad at the game because uh, it's a game that's very easy to be bad at. Especially, you know, when you start, there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, pretty rough for a while. And it was like the Wild West. I mean, we were, we were playing like we just went to our first locals tournaments when there was no restricted list. And it was like everybody's running three policy debates, three charges, three mirror motors fury. What a time. Yeah. yeah. What a time to be alive. That sounds pretty intense. <laughs> I mean, but, so what you said about like, you know, you guys, it's pretty easy to be bad at this game. I feel like that. I feel like to some extent, most people, everybody is bad to some degree. And it's like, there's not really getting good at this game. There's just like removing the, all the bad. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what, bad. yeah, most, I guess maybe that's what getting good is, but yeah. removing like the, the stupid things that you do and the bad choices you make. Yeah. Well, um, the time you put into it really does pay off with this game. I mean, you know, you have to grind it out to really get better. That's true. And you it's been lose a lot reflecting lately. I have been uh, a little sidetracked by our, our little board game informant hustle. And I'm feeling it when I sit down and play. I'm bad now again. I mean, I was I was never good, really, but I'm significantly worse. So you guys have been uh, keeping it, keeping it faithful. And I, yeah. Uh, not, not as much as we should be, but well, buying houses, right? Being being adults is hard. Adulting is hard. It is. It yeah. really gets in the way. So uh, do you guys play a lot just like casually, uh, you know, kitchen table or do you mostly just play in stores or what do you 
Um, we probably play a game at home, like maybe twice a week. Um, and then, you know, we're in New England, so it's like there's a tournament almost every other weekend, and we we try to go to as many of those as we can. Yeah, there are many. Um, and so, Ray, you're famous locally for playing Phoenix, right? Yeah. Uh, Lauren, what are you? What's your clan these days? Well, I've been playing crab, and um, actually, I gotta throw a little shade at Johnny here because wow. I went on this whole tangent about why I thought crab was right for me. And this was, I mean, like you know, a month ago. And when I was listening to the last episode of the Meek Informant, Johnny had the whole spiel that I had. So I think he's just Ooh, copying me. He just copied you. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna throw a little extra shade on Johnny, and I'm gonna say that he's maybe <laughs> played one or two games as Crab. So I don't think that he uh, he has the full picture right now. Uh, so this is poking Johnny right now. Like, wow. Come back to the game, man. But um, when I was playing Unicorn, I was very much trying to do this whole keep my characters around forever thing. Um, I, you know, had this deck that was called What is Dead May Never Die, which like is just not what you're supposed to do with Unicorn. Um, Unicorn, you're supposed to just aggressively charge um, and break your face and not worry about defending at all. You just go all in which um, that aggressive play style didn't work for me. I'm more like, we're going to slowly walk through glass together for a long time and no one's <laughs> going to have any fun. So um, that's, yeah, crab really works for me. Yeah, but A plus with the theming on the naming of the deck and everything. Right? Although it oh, sounds yeah. like maybe you've just been playing Agot and, you know. Oh, no, I'm different. great with the names. I had an all-attachment um, unicorn deck. It was called Not Enough Hooves. <laughs> um, I, so, Yeah. Oh, mine aren't that cool. Uh, and we might have to have some consults on uh, namings when I actually come up with some decks that work. The last thing I tried to do was just like crab killing things. And I, I, could, I don't know. I was like crab fights back. It was pretty bad. Oh, um, yeah. It's okay. It needs a little work. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so let's talk about Gen Con um, because it was a big event. And I want to hear about the the experience you guys had um, you know, mainly on that, that main day, but like, you know, tell us, tell the viewers about, uh, we, we call him Joshua, the, I think, or no, no, Nicholas. Sorry. I thought he was Steven. No, no Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. Um, I remembered cause I'm like, oh, that's Nick. We have someone named that on the podcast, but I, <laughs> I don't call him Nicholas, although maybe I should now. Um, mm. anyway, why don't you, you guys tell us about, uh, Gen Con. What, what, how was it? Um, about it. Yeah, so uh, lots of good things and lots of bad things to say. Uh, I mean, good, like wow. the community was awesome. Uh, I met like a couple of people who recognize her from my stream and like high five them. And I was like, this is fucking cool. Uh, we had like our table where all the like NEL 5R crew was like hanging out. Um we got there really early on the day of. Uh, so we got registered within like, um, I mean, like five, 10 minutes of them starting the lines. But then there was a line that formed for like an hour and a half. And I, I think we didn't, we were supposed to start at 10. I don't think we started until like 1130, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just wow. because of how many players were there to register. It was like wrapping around uh, the hall in Gen Con that we were in. So it was like a 200 person uh first day uh, right 
Yeah, almost. It, it was a uh, hundred ninety six. I think was the final count. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. Um, I didn't um, get to follow along. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't get to follow on the day of. I was out camping, um, but I did check in. I checked the Lotus Pavilion that night, and it, I kept, I was a like, wow, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's heartening, right? Like that is like this pretty big numbers for this for this event. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that sort of cuts into like some of the stuff that felt a little weird about it on the bad end, too. Right. Because we, we had so many people there and who were super enthusiastic and like ready to play. And it felt like every other game from FFG got like more attention and space than L5R does. It's like um, we didn't have a timer for any of the rounds and like all the other games had like a big timer on like a sign. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I um, think they would like kind of coordinate that to be the same. Right. Across all the games. Um, and also we had like, we didn't have a good uh, like comm system. And I don't know if it was I mean, I heard like whispers that it was because they wanted to keep it quiet because there was like a Keyforge stream going on. Um, but basically what it boiled Come down on. to is that it was like it was difficult to uh, for the judges to coordinate when the rounds would start and like making sure like, OK, people are going to their mulligans, but like don't start yet. And like uh, eventually some guy would like come you know uh like a judge would come down the aisle and be like okay everybody start and like half the tables had already started so it was like a little bit sloppy on the timing stuff but not like a huge deal yeah. um but like everybody i met and the games that i played were really good uh i ended up going four and two and i lost to uh somebody that i now consider a myth and a legend <laughs> uh I think Matt Soto, this guy oh. was playing a like super bonkers unicorn um, Shiro Shinjo deck and it was... uh, it mopped the floor with me. Nice. It was, is this uh Soto uh, Otaku Soto of. Um... Uh oh, I'm going to get in trouble here. There's another podcast. Uh, East Coast, West Coast. What is it? Coast to Coast. I don't know. It certainly could be Imperial host coast to coast. That's yeah, it. I think that's what it said on his deck list. Yeah. 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 So they have a uh, him and uh, Josh, New York, Josh and Matt from out in out west. They're uh, they do a podcast. That's uh, oh, one nice. of those guys is in our channel, actually, our, our Discord I, channel. I didn't even realize that. Huh. Uh, so that's cool, because, yeah, this is it was. um I don't know it was pretty nuts. He was like one bidding me and like my my brain couldn't even process that a, a unicorn was one bidding me. So I threw him a bunch of honor. Um, and yeah, I think he ended up doing pretty well, well for the day. And he essentially just kind of went around like bopping phoenixes on the head, wow. uh, <laughs> nice. which a lot of people ended up having to do, given the phoenix turnout. Um, I, I never ended up having to face uh echo bird at oh. all um i like completely dodged the matchup and i was still playing uh i was just playing like good old-fashioned secret avoid like isawa tadaka like shugenja dot deck you were not echo birding i was not because i piloted the deck like a couple times beforehand um and i was just like i'm not good enough to switch decks midstream mm. 
Um, cause like I was like, I was just missing like obvious triggers and stuff. Like the only way that I advance my skill level in this game at all is through rote memorization. I say this all the time, but it's basically by like constantly fucking up and then trying to fix the fuck ups. And as soon as I switch to even just another ar archetype within my deck or within my clan, I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, I faced three dredge birds. So you did. So what were you? You playing, Lauren? Uh, I was deck? playing Crab, um, Keeper yeah. of Water, and uh, I was running Charge for my Restricted card, um, which people He's don't not, do. Yeah, not not well. So actually, I don't really know what this what what people have settled on with. Uh, oh well, Rebuild, right? I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. Rebuild is more the standard, but Charge is uh, acceptable. I think. Does it? Did anybody land on Spyglass, or did they all just cut it? I think everybody cut it. There might be yeah. a handful, but yeah. All right. So charge. Tell tell us what then what? Um well, so playing against Dredgebird, I I hadn't played against it before Gen Con, which probably bad choice. Um we were pretty busy leading up to it. Well it was pretty so, fresh, right? It was like uh a yeah. couple, like a week. Yeah, the pack had only been out for like a week and a half or something like that. And so I managed to beat it twice. Um, the third time it was just played perfectly and it really took me over. Um, so I had that for three matchups and then I had two against, um, you know, the charge of corn, charge Shagatai and win, which crab just can't be fast enough to deal with that. Um, so I ended up going three, three, which was fine. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun and for my first big tournament, um, I was pleased with that. That's super respectable. That's awesome. Yeah, I, but I just it was like I started with three O, and then I just kind of fell down from there. Oh, yeah. So that was disappointing. Yeah, it's kind of rough when you're like, all right, I'm gonna win everything. Although that right. so I'm it's just... funny with these tournaments, right? You 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 have the perfect record for three games, and then you get thrown to the wolves with like the best players who also have three O and right. Yeah. So I yeah. thought I was gonna be a Hotamo bro, and you know, <sighs> didn't happen. But that's okay. Next time i'll get him next yeah. time um ray what was your uh what was what was your end what actually what were both of your like place do you know what you placed out of the 196 uh i have the lotus pavilion up here uh, i came in 59 and i think i was 100 lauren was 110 although at her, lauren took a big hit in her um ranking because one of her games was forced to go to a mod loss Ooh. Mod win, or a mod, sorry, a mod win rather, right? But that yeah. really kills you because then you get six points instead of ten, right? And it yeah, was there's... like a game I clearly would have won, but that's fine. Times the breaks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm curious if they if you guys have any uh you know tall and or short tails like uh like this one bidding unicorn shenanigans from the day like I know it's what is it now well, a week. Two weeks removed, but yeah. yeah, there are some things that stick with me. I mean, the, the regarding the one bid unicorn, the way that that game ended, I had three provinces flipped, and I was coming at them. I think I was floating, uh, I was floating three or four honor, and I was like, hmm, he has a shameful display here, and something else that's not face down. And I ran through the, the quickly through the possibilities in my head of what it could be. I was like, okay, this is fine. I'll attack the face down province. And it turned out to be uh, before the throne. 
And so I just face checked full strength into before the throne. And he was like, okay, whatever. Didn't block it. Took me down to one honor. And then he swung with the air ring. And uh, that was all she wrote. So wow, that, yeah. that was a thing that happened. Nice. Uh, That's my favorite when it's like, well, there are only three provinces in the game. <laughs> right. Oh, oh nope. <laughs> so, oh, somebody's playing like, when was the last time you saw uh, Before the Throne out of Unicorn? Like, I, I don't think I've seen it ever. Yeah, not out of Unicorn. So, yeah. Dragon dueling for a little bit. I, I played it for trying to dishonor people with the with the dice shows. But right. That's about it. I mean, I guess his the one bidding should have been the clue, but I didn't piece it together when I was at the table. <laughs> well, nice. I played a very good good omen. That yeah. won me a game. Nice. You you were running good omen. This is your like your pet card, right? I mean, yeah, you, I you... one of Lauren can't build a deck without having a one X good omen. I just it. can't. I can't do it. I love that frog it. is so happy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was I was playing against a phoenix, and I had a Casada um, who was going to be Iron Mine, so everything was going to be okay. Casada had you know attachments. I mean, Casada was having a good day, and um, they were contesting the void ring um so with void ring if you win it um then ugina or even if you don't win it once the void ring is claimed a character uh without fate on it you automatically as the phoenix player get to get rid of right it's a forced reaction um so i was able to play a good omen to put a fate on my hita kasada so then they had to get rid of their own ugina Ooh, that they hurts. They had clarity of purpose. Nice. Oh yeah. man, that is that hurts them. Right. That's good. So that really counters the next like twenty three times someone tells me that I shouldn't play Good Omen. Yeah, <laughs> as the as the Ugina Gotcha card. Yeah. I love that. That's really Felt good. Great. So had you? Um. So you have to have the lower bid dial, right? So did you like? Were you just forbidding randomly or when you saw Ogina, did you plan this out like a, a while in advance or how did you set so that I up? So I had a charge in my hand. So my initial plan was to charge in whatever guy I had there and then put the fade on it with Good Omen. So usually if I have the Good Omen and the charge, yeah. I'll bid four so I can so do you, that. So you're setting up the charge Good Omen and then you switch tack to ruin their day. Exactly. Almost. And I did. That's I so did it juicy. handily. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> oh man, I wish I had a cool story to tell, but I don't. I don't have any. Because I have. I'm just gonna die clutching good omen in my hand. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, something that I'm sad that Nick isn't here to let me rub it in his face. But I was playing against a crane player who had a three Wait. fate uh, he, he, and a two fate honored challenger with, I think, an honor and like a sword or a fan or something like that. Uh, and uh, all I can say is Consumed by Five Fires is a real good card, guys. It's a real good card. Because I've never, like, I couldn't imagine two more high-profile targets that you'd want to just wipe all the fate off of in Crane. And it just felt really, really good. It's like all I had to do was survive that one turn, and then I was like, the rest of this game, I'm, I can just coast. And did you? I did. That's okay. exactly what happened. Good. Sorry, I was distracted briefly because I was trying to pull Nick into the into the podcast. I see he's online. 
so that yeah Lauren could, well, the, the trick or, is you gotta you gotta force the five fires with master gi satoshi right so i had a master gi satoshi and i was like it does not matter that you have sensor and it does not matter that you have voice of honor because i'm just gonna make this happen anyway i got my m got yep the one yeah. good thing about dredge bird is that you know they're not playing consumed by five fires do you do yeah, oh, because the uh, role only because the role. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I have played a couple. I've been four, four games of Dredge Bird and like, you know, uh, I have a long and deep history of losing with Dragon lately um, <laughs> and switching over to Phoenix as you know, like the Shigenja deck that you're talking about. It felt great. And then Nick handed me a, a copy or, like you know, pre-built deck of Dredge Bird. And I won like three out of the four games that I played at the casuals that night. Everyone's just mad. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is strong. Like, yeah, I like, yeah, I like this. I'm not even good at this game and I can, I can win games. It is. It is crazy strong. Like now that I've come back, like I started playing with it as soon as we got back from Gen Con. And I was just like, oh, oh, I wish I had had like a week just to get like acquainted with it. Because now that I'm like have played it a bunch of times, I'm like, oh, my, this is so disgusting. Like, all right. Uh, just just realize uh, that this is a podcast that's supposed to be geared towards beginners, right? And I've just been t- we've been talking about Dredge Bird, Dredge Bird, Dredge Bird. Oh yeah, do you uh, want to they probably what that is, or yeah, they prob most or... people probably know what that is, I guess, at this point. But if you haven't been keeping up with the meta or or following along with all the complaints on the internet, um, Dredge Bird is the new Phoenix archetype because the, this card called uh, my ancestor. Nope, what is it called? No echoes. Echoes forebear. My forebears echoes. Forebears echoes. Uh, something. Yeah, forebears oh, echoes. Yeah, this is terrible. I just I call know. it echoes. Like, right. Forebears. <laughs> I think it's forebears echoes. Echoes. Yeah. L five R. So the, the gist of it is, is that it's yes. a, it's a two fate spell that lets you during a military conflict uh, take a character out of your discard pile, put them into play in the conflict, uh, and then at the end of the conflict they go away. Right at the bottom of their of your dynasty deck. Uh, yes, they go uh, to the bottom of your dynasty. Arrow only. Uh, yeah. So the the deck is a combination of that and my ancestor's strength and charge and fushisho. Right. Fushisho? The um, way it, yeah the way it interacts with fushiko is really gross because. <laughs> It is. Uh, basically, you, the designers intended that when Fushiko goes away at the end of the round, you get another character back. But because Echoes lets you bring it in mid-conflict, uh, and then it goes away at the end of the conflict, it lets you trigger it in the middle of the conflict phase, basically. So you're also getting your like five-fate character out of the discard with a fate on them, so they can do stuff that turn and the next turn. So it, it takes an already strong ability and makes it even stronger by letting you trigger it much sooner than the designers probably intended. And then you could omen a couple times. Uh, <laughs> you could do that. I, yeah, I think that's the one thing the deck is missing, really. I mean, it would just. <laughs> no, that's you know what? That's immediately where my mind went to when you're talking about like and then it comes back out and you get a fate. I'm like, what about another fate? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're getting it now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sick. I have the sickness. Um, yeah, so that's the Dredge Bird thing that won, uh, right? It won Gen Con. Yeah, uh, no. Someone sat across from me, and they said, I just built this deck this morning. I'm learning as I go. 
oh, and they beat me with it. Oh, and it felt really not okay. That's a, that's a slap. <laughs> that's when you sit on the floor of the shower that night and just really evaluate your life. Well, that person could be full of shit, though. You never know. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to say shout out to, I don't know who it was who played me in the first round. Actually, let me look up their name. Uh, Steve. Steve Lawson. This guy played me in the first round, and he was like, um, hey, man, I'm just here to have fun. This is like the second or third game I've ever played. And I just was like, this is the most courageous man stepping into the shark pit with like three games under his belt. Playing dragon? Uh, yeah, he was playing dragon. Oh, and had, sweet child had of some, summer. Some weird duelist stuff. And I mean, it was fun. We had a fun game. And like, you know, I just played it like, you know, obviously I didn't play to like lose. But I was like, you know, let's just like play casually here and have a good time and it was like a fun first round that's awesome um, that's what that's yeah, all yeah. about that's great this is about you know new new players out there like don't be scared to play in a big tournament people will be friendly to you and absolutely uh, so try yeah. to be friendly and so yeah props to you for not being an ultra competitive hard ass trying to like i need my win but like and then after the fact we can be nice right um so it's all yeah. about community and the community, I just want to say, the community at Gen Con was awesome. Like, I talked to so many people while I was there, and everybody was just, like, having a great time. Uh, so, like, you know, complaints aside about, like, you know, FFG not having the lion pack when they said they were going to. Um, you know, it was, like, everything else about the event was great. Just FFG was a little, a little sloppy. Yeah, I heard some hiccups with like, you know, promo cards running out, but then they got them back. And... Then they got more. Yeah, yeah. There was just sort of like a panic on the first day. You know, that... it makes me sad. There's I'm looking at Lotus Pavilion now. There's 40 people that uh, dropped before the tournament was complete, before they finished the full six games. And, um, you know, I think people just need to remember, like, why we play this game in the first place, like to have fun, to have that experience, to you know, battle for honor. It just makes me sad that people don't see all six games out. Also, though, to be fair, like you're at Gen Con. Yes. So if you're not having fun, you can just go do literally anything. Right. I I was going to. So normally I would agree with you, Lauren, that you should. Yeah, just play. I mean, obviously, games, if you're not having fun, then stop playing. Yeah. Uh, You know, take a breather, come back to it later. But Normally, I'd advocate for, yeah, play all your six games, even if you're losing. Who cares? Like, go have fun with those last couple of games. But at Gen Con, I think maybe I'll give these these people a pass. I did notice a large number of drops, and I had to think about it for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that they probably just wanted to go experience the rest of this crazy. I've never conned, right? I've never done any of the big cons, and I'm hoping too soon. My kids are getting old enough that my wife doesn't want to kill me when I leave the house now. So, like, um, I'm hoping that I can make it out to one of these bigger cons yeah. at some point and see what it's all about. But I hear it's cool. Yeah, the, the con in general was a, was a lot of fun. I mean, we spent, um, you know, we basically spent two days doing L5R stuff, and then we spent two days doing generic con stuff. And um, we spent a good amount of time in, like, the playtesters room. You get to play games with the developers, like, right there and give them feedback, which was a lot of fun. Um, we played, like, uh, a card game about the history of science, and we played uh, a game called card conspiracy which was all about like you're you're basically playing as a blogger for a conspiracy website uh so it's just like all sorts of interesting games like that that you can play out and um you know free demos like you can literally just walk around the hall and people will be like do you want to play this game i'll teach you how to play it right now uh so there's just there's just 
like everywhere you can shake a stick is every kind of game you can imagine and people's willing to teach them to you and tell them to you and get feedback from you it's just it's a like beautiful celebration of tabletop gaming in every form it's like christmas morning as a small child that sounds pretty cool i would like to try and do that um my other sort of it's funny on this podcast it's like a shameful secret and then on on uh, board game informant i'm shouting from the rooftops I, I i love these kinds of games called 18xx games which are like economic simulation train games i think ray was like what is this crazy bullshit you guys are talking about yeah, in our, i just like, i looked channel? in discord yeah i looked in discord and everybody's talking about trains all of a sudden i was <laughs> like what the fuck's going on yeah it's like a bunch of hexes and like uh you know track that you're laying and you buy shares in companies and stuff and uh, it's like the driest like uh, you see pictures of people playing these generally and it doesn't look fun <laughs> it doesn't right. look like any fun but i love them uh and i know that they they collab they not collaborate they congregate at like places like gen con and i'd love to go find like the the, the see you know, go play l5r and then go like hide in the back room and play train games for a while it sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah Absolutely. I mean, that that is one of the great things about it. If you're into a niche game, like you, you can find your community of people there. I mean, everybody's talked about like the dead TCG booth and everything, but this goes for like all the board games. Like if you're into a really niche board game, you will find people playing that game at Gen Con. So apparently the. The message to take away is uh, go to Gen Con. Yeah, it's a great time. And uh, play in a Kotai. Have fun. And uh, get some promos because guess what? You get Koku even if you don't win. That's that's the secret they don't tell you. Yeah, um, and those those promos. If you don't care, man, that I can understand why people got mad when like stuff ran out because that's cash money. Like it's incredible. I I'm seeing some of the sets for sale and they're like fifty bucks a set for these. Oh, yeah. three cards and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, like, they're nice, but. I don't know. I don't have that fever right now. That's that's a lot of money. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's why it's great when you can go and win them. You're, you're yes. paying, obviously, a, a ton of money to enter the, the tournament. So well, it's 40 well, bucks it's, for the whole tournament, though. Right. It's it's your experience there, right? You're you guys went as sort of like a vacation, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Compared to I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure it's expensive to go to Gen Con actually these days. Right. But. You know. Yeah, we were not interested in grinding for Koku to, you know, make yeah. money. Yeah, but right. uh, between the skirmish pod, the event and winning a couple games, I had enough for I mean, the, the promos are only like two Koku for one. So if you get six Koku, even if you lose every game, but you play six, you still get enough for a play set of something. Nice. Yeah. So is it like you get two Koku for winning a game and one for losing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cool. And you also get two for a buy. Oh, did oh yeah. Win. Did yeah, I got the buy in the third round of the skirmish pod and was like, sweet, free code. Ah. Uh, so the skirmish pods were just like, was it, how does that work? What's the format there? Uh, it's the exact same as like a locals tournament, basically. It's just, it was like three rounds of Swiss with like, I think groups of eight people. We had nine, so they had one person get a buy each round. Nice. Yeah, it's um, pretty casual. Yeah, so that was just yeah. a way to kind of like warm up the day before. We didn't participate in the team tournament, which seemed like yeah. a lot of fun. I heard a little bit about that. I've been yeah. catching up on some of my L5R podcasts and people are talking about the, the team event. 
Seems cool. Yeah. I'm surprised like that there's no like Lauren missed opportunity for costumes and you could have dressed Ray up. All the Jay Ray Ray has his uh what's the Mortal Kombat guy that wears your hat? Oh Raiden. No, we both had our hats on. Raiden. You have did you do you have a Raiden hat too? Me? Well, no, no, I had my crab hat on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought maybe you had gotten a, a Raiden hat somehow. No, no, what are they, they actually called? Crab hat on. What are they actually called? Yes. Uh, I think uh, Mike told me they're called a Jingasa or a Jingasi, something like that. I'm Raiden hat I, name. Google, you're I incredible. I call it the Tadaka hat. The conical Asian hat known as a rice hat or a coolie hat is a simple style of... Con- okay, this is probably all very upsetting to someone who knows what the real truth is. <laughs> yeah, um, I just like that. Right, you just lost like, your one subscriber. Sorry, Nicholas. W- <laughs> Wikipedia has Asian conical hat as like an article. Casa hat. Maybe that's it. Mm. I don't know. We're providing the real hard and fast information here. Right? <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Wow. <laughs> Asian conical hat. <laughs> it's not very... Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't remember what we were talking about. What were we talking about, guys? It's my um, podcast. Uh, we were playing. We were playing the side events at Gen Con. Was the last yes. thing we were talking about. Oh, hats. And yes. Right. You Missed opportunity. Have team hats. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You could have like dressed right. up and and all that. Well, the next time we go to a team event, I'll I'll have to organize like the dice or death team. I'll figure out who will be the ringer to bring on for the third player. You're supposed to be the ringer if you're the guy who's grinding every Friday. Uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't actually know sports terms, so I was really just taking, I was taking a leap of faith there that that sounded correct. Yeah, I don't. We don't do sports. I don't sports either. No sports in this household. Okay. Sports ball. Um. All right. Well, I don't really have anything else to talk about. I just thought it might be fun to have the world hear your voices, uh, because you're fun to chat with about about card games. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having us. You're welcome. And it's been my pleasure. Do you guys have anything that you you, you have a couple people's ears? Do you want to plug anything? Ray, your channel? Uh, yeah. Um, Twitch.tv slash dice or death. I'm going to be playing this Friday night. I usually start around 8 or 830 Eastern time. Uh, I'm definitely going to be playing Echo Bird this week. My plan is to sort of go through it. And like you said, like a lot of people have been talking about this deck. Podorf did like a gigantic video where he talked about it. So I'm just going to go over the basics for people who are not interested in the super detailed thing. And we'll play a few games with it and uh, just kind of have fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Just be nice to each other. Be nice. That's a great message. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's all we got for tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and remember, oh, can, I, can I do the thing? <laughs> do the thing. Go ahead. Remember, peasants never notice meeks, but meeks always notice samurai. What? Did I get it? <laughs> yes. That was so that's wrong. Exactly right. Nailed it. That's nailed it. Oh, can we just? I'm gonna record you and just play that back every time. <laughs> right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for thanks for listening. Good night. Bye. You've been listening to the Meek Informant. You can find us on the web at www.facebook.com forward slash the meek informant and can subscribe to our podcast through google's podcast app apple's podcast app via itunes or podbean at the meek informant.podbean.com 
forward slash feed.xml. Want to continue the conversation about today's topic or any of our other content? We can be reached via our Facebook page or email themeekinformant at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account at meekinformant. Our YouTube or Twitch accounts can also be found by searching for The Meek Informant. If you would like to help others find us, please consider writing a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to our show. Thanks for listening, and remember, samurai seldom notice peasants. Peasants always notice samurai.